Welcome to Act Two by Choosing Him Ministries with Tisha Janes and Andrew Pate, a place where life stories are told, encouragement is shared, and hope is found. Good morning, listeners. We are so excited you are here to join us with part two of talking with Rebecca. So Rebecca, we are just discussing. Um, we ended last week with your kind of testimony had gotten to the point of talking about your father passing away and how God spoke to you specifically in the shower and said, you know, I gave you my son. Mm-hmm. Like that's the greatest gift. That's the greatest miracle I yep. could have given you. So we're just going to pick up from there. I know that had to have been devastating. And I know oh my that, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So God, I don't, I know for a fact, God doesn't always turn our story. He always turns our story around. He, there's always beauty in the morning, right? Beauty for ashes. There's always grace and there's so much goodness, but we don't always get to see it. Mm-hmm. So um, time out. You can pause this, right? When you record it, when you. So Joe, part of our story too, is that we infertility and we had a miscarriage and our, again, I hate to belittle my story because it does, it's not as hard as some other women that will be listening even, but miscarriage and infertility for a few years. And then we did get pregnant with twins. And then after that is when, so we went five years and I didn't realize how content Joe was with a boy and a girl. Like I'm still yearning and longing for more children. And I did not realize till five years later, when I start talking about going back to Jacksonville because we are living six months in Atlanta, six months in Jacksonville for two years. And then we officially moved when all this stuff happened. But I didn't realize that he was so content with two, he didn't care if we had any more. And so that was a place of conflict, big conflict for us. So I remember coming back to Jacksonville and I at least thought I got, I don't know if he verbally said, yes, let's do this. Or if I just begged him enough that it broke him down, but we went back to the doctor in Jacksonville. But a friend of mine had said, cause I was like, we don't want to not be in God's will. You know, these are, these are our worldly thoughts. We don't know. We don't, we don't want to screw it up. I don't want to not be in God's will. And I don't want to go to the fertility doctor. If we're not supposed to have more. And Joe's idea is is if God wants us to have more, we'll have them on our own with no help. I get all of that. But she actually, she looked at me and this, I use this today, today with everything. Tisha, we were talking about this earlier. She looked at me and she said one, two questions, one or one question, one statement. If your children were sick, were sick, would you not take them to the doctor? Well, now I use oils and then I might go to the doctor, but yes. So at the time she said, if your kids were sick, if Ben and Grace were sick, would you not take them to the doctor to find out what was wrong? Rebecca, something could be wrong with your body that is not allowing your body to get pregnant. And I was like, oh my gosh, I hadn't thought about it. In my mind, I'm thinking God is making it clear that he doesn't want us to have more kids. So if I do anything on top of this, it's going to be out of his will. That's what I'm thinking. And then the other statement she said was, and you are not that powerful, Rebecca, you cannot change God's will for your journey. You cannot change it. God, you can go and do all the fertility treatment you need, or you want, or you think is best And God. If he doesn't want you to have a baby or get pregnant, it's not going to work. You could do no fertility treatment. And if he wants you to get pregnant, you will. So that freed me up to go to the doctor with no no expectation that just freed us up that freed us up to go to the doctor. So I say all of that because my first three children are fertility treatments. Well, then all this stuff happened. My dad dying was the last thing. And I felt like I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. And I know probably maybe y'all, but especially some listeners will get that life was so hopeless for me. 
I don't know if my dad had died at the very beginning, if it would have felt this strong, but knowing all those things, like I didn't know my identity anymore. My identity had been stolen. Mom, Joe, my watching my husband grieve and mourn and trying to be strong for us. And like all of these things, my dad was the final straw. And I remember not, I didn't want to get up out of, out of bed. And Abby was just over a year, all of that. So just being so sad and depressed and hopeless. And then we had, this is not a shameless plug for doTERRA or oils at all, but this is my journey. So we had met this crazy oil lady at church in January. My dad was still alive. And she talked about gout of all things. Well, Joe's dad had just died. So I'm thinking, bummer, he's not going to get to try the oils. Well, my dad was still alive. Remember? Because I was thanking God at the ceremony or the funeral that he was still there. So of all the things she could have talked about, she talked about gout. I was like, oh, good. I'll give it to my dad. I don't need them. They're crazy, hokey pokey, but I'll give them to my dad. He can be, he can be the weirdo, you know? So that's where that started. Well, then we got started with oils because of my fertility issues. And I thought, Joe's not going to let me go back to the doctor. He's in a lot of pain, but now that we're in Atlanta, we don't have any doctors. We haven't made any friends with doctors yet or whatever. So he said, well, while you're at it, asking her about your body, please tell her that I'm in pain and I need something for my body. So anyways, met her, got started, still didn't believe in them. My dad dies in May. I start using some stuff. Again, this is not a plug. This is my story. And I tell it, I teach it. I tell it, it's God's story for me. I would never say this will be your story too. Join me. But this is what I started using some oils and getting my core health strong again and healthy minerals, vitamins, all that. My dad died in May, like June ish. Like I'd had another long cycle and I was like, Oh, crazy oil lady. These are not working. And she was like, give it time. How old are you? It's taken a long time for you to get diseased. It's going to take a while to get it. So October of that year that my dad died. So we had all this crap happen in October that year we got pregnant. We got pregnant on our own. And so in all the hopelessness and not knowing, knowing in my heart that God was there without a doubt, knowing that his plans were perfect in my head, doubting that maybe he'd forgotten, like maybe he should have asked me first when he took my dad, um, all of that stuff that happened. She, this baby was due like a day after his death, but then the timing got messed up. So she's two weeks to the day later. But anyways, and her name is Hope because God had in the form of, and it makes me cry thinking about it, but like baby Jesus came to give the world hope. And I'm not equating my story to that of Mary and Joseph and Jesus, but he can do, he can move mountains y'all. And he gave me hope back in the form of a little baby that came into my world. And she's the craziest of the bunch. She's so hard. <laughs> But she, in the form of a helpless, innocent baby, he gave me my hope back and he gave Joe, Joe his hope back. And so God is so good. So I, I got to see joy and beauty come from the ashes. We don't always get to see it, you know, but I got to hold it and embrace it and kiss its face. Got to see joy come from the ashes. So, wow. What a yeah. story. That is beautiful. And I don't think he has to worry about saying, I want to equate my story to Jesus because Jesus equated his story to us. That's why yeah. he came as a baby because he knew that um, just the joy that a baby's face can bring. Oh, good. Yeah. And a baby changes everything. What a beautiful story. Changes everything. That's really beautiful. So remind me, what year is that? Like how old is Hope's seven now? 
she'll be eight this year. So he died in 2013 and she was born in 2014. Okay. And her name is Hope MacArthur after both of her papas. Aww. Joe's dad's middle name was Michael and mine was Arthur. And so we're trying to think of a way to honor both of them. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. So it's been a long, you know, it's been a long journey. There's droughts. Even, even today there's droughts. Like you, we, you never have it all together and God is, God still shows up. I found, uh, during quarantine, I started walking. I was like this, I've got to move this body. Cause I'm way too content sitting around teaching my kids all day, watching TV and eating bonbons. So I started walking and I found this album to listen to. I want, I, I didn't know what to listen to. And I just typed in my music on my phone, praise and worship. And I found a, an album by Bethel. I, I don't always go to them, but I found an album called peace. It is some of the, the best praise and worship music, but in a very beautiful, angelic, almost music, music, musical, whatever, uh, rendition. It is so beautiful. And that's what I was running to this morning because I was like, God, I just need you to flush over me. I'm a big fan of praise and worship music. Like Joe picks songs apart. He's like, oh, that's not really, uh, I surrender all. Do I really surrender all? You know, like Joe will pick it apart. I'm like, yes. I do. I want to. So I'm going to sing it loud and raise my hands. Right, right, yes. But I love praise and worship music. So I'm just, I'm, I'm starting to run again. It's terrible. I'm the, the snail was running oh. faster than me. So I'm going around because the girls are at home and I can't be too far. So I'm going around our little loop. I walk a lap and run a lap. I'm listening to this music. It's a beautiful day. It's not hot in Florida. And when I go around this corner right here, there's must be Jasmine. There's, there's this white flowering plant on the corner. So every time I wrap around it, I smell it. But then to remind me that life is not jasmine and roses, the other side is a pet poop station. So when I go around that corner, I get a whiff of that. Run away oh, faster. Oh, the irony of both of that yeah. in our life, right? <laughs> yes. It's like, don't get too comfortable. No, no. Because God doesn't say that to us. But what it reminds me of too, is that just wrapping back around, he's there. He's waiting for me. Like, I remember years ago hearing that we see inside the people on the doorknob, we see the people of the room. It's only a limited amount of our story that we see. And God is in the room. God created the room. So he sees the tiniest nook in the corner and he sees it all. And we're just like focused on this one area. So, but what it reminded me was, is Rebecca, my story for you is so beautiful. I'm going to bring beauty from ashes. I'm going to bring you out of the crappy situation and bring you to the beauty again. And so, I mean, he's all around us. He, when I think about my own kids and I just want them to come talk to me, <laughs> I've got the teenagers who are actually in school this year. And I, every day I pick them up and I'm like, how is school? How are your friends? Any news, any gossip? How are any, Ben, any cute girls, Grace? What are your, what's your type now? I mean, I just can't stop talking and it's always nothing good not much, no one, you know? And so, but I do, I think about us running to God. If they came to me and wanted to talk at the end of a school day, I would pass out. Um, and I think that that's what God longs for. He doesn't expect it. He knows our hearts. They're turned away from him. So he doesn't expect it. He's not disappointed when we don't run to him. But I think that's like, I long for my kids to run to me. How much more does he long for me to do life with him? So anyways, so many things on my head and my heart. Beautiful thoughts. Beautiful Absolutely. Thoughts. I do think those intimate moments of when you're just, you know, doing yard work or something and you just kind of ramble to God, just talk to him while you're doing it. Like, I do think those are probably really precious 
moments between yeah. our Savior and ourselves. Yeah. He likes to be in the details. Yeah. And people are like, why would I pray? He knows everything. Well, I know what's going on in my kids' worlds too a lot of times, but just the intimacy of them wanting to share. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he knows, but he doesn't make us do life with him. Like he invites us in. So why would like, like with Joe, I know what your, some of your dreams are, but I like when you share with me, why would, why would God be any different? Absolutely. Olivia is um, 18. She's getting ready to go to college, but I find myself at night, even though I'm like so tired because I'm getting older and nine o'clock would be a great bedtime. I'll just sit in the living room and just kind of hang out and just kind of wait because eventually she will talk if I'm available. And um, I always just find myself just sitting there like, Hey, is she home? You know, I'm trying to stay awake, but yeah, you just treasure every moment. So, okay. So in your family, um, you've made it through some really, really hard times. Um, how did you really, I mean, you've already said you saw God show up just by telling you he is there. How did that set you up for what would come later? Um, so it's still a learning process, you know, like it's still, God, really, did you say you'd be there or God really was that, did you say you already gave me a miracle and, and was that enough? I was talking to a friend this week about, she's got some fertility stuff that she's walking through. And I, at the end, I was like, can I ask you one more thing? Like, if this doesn't work, is God enough? You know, is he enough? Is he, if this, like we're hopeful and selfishly, I'm praying for that baby more than anything. And then on the side, I'm praying for, you know, God's will to be done and that we're okay with it. But I, and I said to her, I have to ask myself this all the time. Is, is he enough? Because I say he is, but if this doesn't go this way. So yeah, God is there. He's the Jasmine on the other side. I mean, you know, he's with us the whole way, but he has big stuff and beautiful Jasmine for us, but it's been a really, really hard year for us. We moved back to Jacksonville after six years in Atlanta. We moved back. I thought we were done in Jacksonville when we moved. I thought, oh, okay, let's, let's, what's the next, where are we going next? Because it won't be Jacksonville. We already checked that off our list. You know, Joe's heart, I learned, cause he's not a good, he knows this. So if he listens, he knows this. he's not a great communicator. So I feel like now his heart was leaning towards Jacksonville because every time we would come back, we would say, gosh, it feels like home. The city just wraps its arms around us. And We'd come over a bridge and it just felt like, oh, we're back. Um, and we, maybe without going into all the details, we did move, we moved back obviously. And we did ministry with some dear friends of ours. And just like thinking about your act two and, and I don't, I was thinking, so act one was my life with football. And act two was those six years in Atlanta of really not knowing what we're doing, but really kind of just enjoying the ride. And it took me a while to enjoy. As a matter of fact, it was Casey, Tisha. Casey, after one year of being in uh, up in North Atlanta, I told her, Case, I just can't really embrace where we are because it's not the story I'd written for myself. So Joe being home all day, every day, that is not sitting well with me. And it's been a year. <laughs> she's like, she's like, Rebecca. I don't remember exactly what she said, but this is the gist of it. God wants us to abide. He wants us to sit with him. He wants us to get to know him. He wants us to be at peace. He wants us to be content. And I would, and she, I think she even said it's taken me a while too, but that's what God longs for from us. And I wanted to get to the place where I could abide with him and he was enough because the story I'd written wasn't matching up to his. 
And I was not okay with that at the time. And so just abiding and getting to know him and just becoming to a place of peace. So hearing her say that changed my trajectory. Like God used her words for me. I'm sorry if my thing keeps dinging. It does my, I'm getting notifications on my computer. I'm sorry. I I don't know how to turn that off or down. So anyways, we came back to Atlanta. So I feel like that, I mean, Jacksonville, those six years were act two and it kind of seamlessly went without a hitch. It was like NFL, non-NFL. And then we moved back here. And I feel like the first three years were act three. Like this is a long play. The first three years was act three because now some stuff has happened and Joe resigned from that ministry job and relationships have been hurt. And it's been a really, really hard year. And I feel like we are waiting because, but I feel like that's act three because it came to a close, you know, Mm -hmm. this is our intermission and it is like dragging its feet, like nobody's business. Mm -hmm. And we're not living in act four yet. Joe is interning at our church. And just last night he was like, I'm a 46, is he 46? I'm a 46 year old intern, Rebecca, who does that? And I was like, we do, because we do everything backwards, you know, but we're, we don't even know what we want to be when we grow up. I'll be 47 in May. I don't even know what I want to be. So I feel like act four is right around the corner. And I feel like it's going to be our best act yet. And it may not be financially the best. It may not be, um, approval the best it may not be whatever celebrity status the best but it's going to be our best in i we're just waiting we're in this rental house with their furniture it's fully furnished so for three and a half stinking years we're living in this rental house all of our stuff is in storage in georgia and it's like (laughs) that's what i mean like this intermission is blowing my mind but every time i get cranky Usually I'll say to Joe, if I'm not caught up or if I'm not in my Bible or prayed up or whatever, I'll be like, Joe, are you sure that you didn't see a um, pandemic coming that we couldn't have sold our house before we did? Are you sure you didn't know it was going to become a seller's market like three days after we sold ours lower than we, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like when my heart is not in the right place, when Satan's chirping in my ear, I'll say those things, but it lasts for a split second because I'm like, that's ridiculous. God is still in control. He is still here. He is still in the broken friendships. Mm-hmm. He's redeeming them. I feel like he's redeeming them. They'll never be the same, but they might be better. Um, he's in our marriage. That's been through a really hard time. It, he is in me saying goodbye to, to like half of my students, half of my enrollments in my homeschool are gone. Like they, they left. So Like he's been with me when I lost half of my (laughs) students to real school, public, private school. Like God is just, I have got to remind myself that he's in the details, that he is for me, that he told the waves to stop and he told the winds to stop and they obeyed him. Um, I just have to really, I, I can get off track, but I, I have to really remember his promises because he's God and he cannot not keep his word and his word is i am for you i have great plans for you and i always tell my kids i've, I've said it twice already it's not financial plans necessarily it might be we might become trillionaires we might be elon musk or whatever his name is but it's not that it's that we get to ha- live with a peace that allows us to just do life knowing we're in the palm of his hand and so yeah i know he's here I have my moments, I have moments of complaining and I can't stop. 
I just can't shut my lips down. But, but then I'm reminded God knew this and I always tell people before the first star was stuck in the sky, God knew I'd be sitting here today in a rental with all my favorite things in Georgia. And he knew that. And he's already written my story. He sees the big room and it's beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. It's beautiful already. It's going to be beautiful. And our prayer is just, God, bring us the home that we're going to thrive the most in. And we're going to glorify you the most in. And it's just not ready for us yet. So. I love that you mentioned the song, um, I Surrender All earlier, because that is really a theme that goes through all of our lives. And, you know, we sit here like, I surrender, <clears throat> but do we really, you know, we, we want, okay, I'm going to surrender this, but I'm going to hold on to this because I want yeah. to orchestrate and control this section of it um, to look like I want it. Because I'm not so sure you know exactly how I want it to look, God, you know? Exactly. Um, yep. So we do this song and dance of handing and taking back. Um, but, and, and it's hard. It's it hard. Is. But oh, we, it's hard. we also want the end picture. Uh, at least I do in my life. Okay, God, here's here's my story. Go ahead and show me what it's all going to look like as yes. it's played out. Yep. And he's often saying, I'm just going to show you the next step. That's all. Yeah. I want you to walk in obedience and I want you to trust me and that our season and our whole lives are in a perpetual state of refinement, mm-hmm. of growing and training. Yeah. And I think if we kind of settle into that of realizing that God is using this season for training and preparation for what he will bring to us later, mm-hmm. to take some of the pressure off um, and allows us to seek the teacher and mm-hmm. And as teachers, you know, we can relate to that of, you know, Absolutely. seek the teacher, seek yes. the, what the teacher wants you to not to know and how the teacher wants to grow you. And yeah. if you really are a good student, you're going to leave that class a whole different person than you are when you came in mm-hmm. with a different set of tools, um, a different mindset, different perspective. And um, I think that's what, you know, Jesus was a teacher first and foremost. That's how he came and that's how he started with his disciples. And it's really neat to be able to sit back sometimes and say, okay, I'm just going to learn. Yeah. And we always want to say, God, what do you want me to be? Or what's my purpose? Yeah. And if that, those are great questions to ask. However, they take the focus and they put it on us. Yeah. Um, it's all about me. And God's going, no, it's all about me. It's about him, you know? Yeah. And if we focus our lives on learning and letting him train us and equip us, then, um, when he does show us the next step or the 10 steps down, you know, we, we get to give him the glory and it's not for something that we have done ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, I, I still have two little girls at home that I teach and I listening to you say that God, like we want him to show us the whole picture and we want him to what, what show me the way so I can just live it or whatever, however you worded it. But we have these human minds and I think of even like my seven-year-old, I can't teach her trigonometry because she's not ready. Like we just can't teach all the things, you know? It's hard. Even with my daughter and your daughter, yeah. Chloe, as they get ready to go to college, everybody almost says, what are you going to study? What are you going to be? And, um, you know, Olivia has her, her thoughts and her mindsets of what she wants to be when she gets there. And I'm like, you know, you've always got to leave room for God to change your heart, yeah. change yeah. your path. So just go, you know, and be in the moment and listen to him, let him guide you and direct you and always be willing to take a hard right turn when he guides you that way. Yeah. I'm reading a book right now. Um, so two years ago, also, I've never done personal growth. I never, I didn't think it was necessary. I thought it was pretty positive already. That's what, that's all I thought personal growth was. 
So a friend of mine two years ago, she told me about retrain your brain or train your brain. And again, no plugs for any books, but train your brain. I read that book. It changed my mind on personal growth because um, in a nutshell, neuroplasticity, your brain can rewire and your, your thoughts can change. Your beliefs can change. And so my belief was I'm not a morning person. My belief, I had said it to myself so many times that the groove and the path that it had made was so ingrained in my brain that I believed it. So then you want, your brain wants you outside of you, your outside environment to fit what it believes. So if I set my alarm for early, that was uncomfortable. So my brain wanted me to be comfortable. That was uncomfortable. So therefore I'm not a morning person. You know, like I thought it was a personality habit. I thought, I mean, I thought it was a characteristic that I couldn't change. So I read that book changed my life. And I also read the 5am club, which I'm not a 5am'er, but I worked my way back and I was, I'm content with 6am. That's huge for me. Huge for me. But anyways, okay. so, uh, yeah, I got an email from you this morning at 6.30. Okay. I wasn't even up till 8.30. And when I saw the time, that makes me feel your, so much better on your email, I was like, Oh, I feel ashamed. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, no, no, no shame. No shame. This is high. Right but now. yeah, I, I've always said I'm not a morning person. Me so you're yeah. telling well, me I can change that. Listen, you can change anything. How you view about yourself, how you view your marriage, how you treat your other people. Amazing stuff. Um, so anyways, I read those two and then I started working my way back. So in the mornings I'm reading personal growth, whether for my business or for my God growth or whatever. It's also my quiet time. And then at night I let myself relax with a novel. I'm trying to read personal growth at night. Sometimes actually I do personal growth for my business in the morning. And then I was trying to do God growth, like Lisa Turkhurst type stuff at bedtime. And then the next night I try to do one chapter and the next night I would forget everything I'd read. Cause obviously I'm must be tired. <laughs> so that's why novels, I can read them at night. Cause you don't have to memorize that. Right. So I started doing my I'll do like a business growth and then I'll do a godly growth and then a business whenever I finish one. And anyways, my whole routine is set. I, I highlight my books. I have to have a book. I can't listen to it. I highlight it. And when I'm done, I take my notebook and I write my highlighted notes down. My biggest thing is I do not want to spend time on reading something if I'm not going to retain something. So anyways, I just finished Uninvited by Lisa Turkers. Have y'all read it? It's yeah. been out for years. Yes. It is so good. It is talking about rejection. And so I bought another one, forgiving what you can't forget. I mean, there's so many good ones. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because she says, and I just posted it on Facebook the other day, rejection is not who you are. And it might be a, and I know we're not talking about rejection, but I'm just talking about hard times. It's a season. It doesn't make, it's not your identity. It doesn't make you who you are. It doesn't mean the rest of your life is going to pot or whatever. It's, it's propelling us forward to live in God's, God's will for us. I don't really remember what brought that up, but it's just changed. It's just changed my life. Yes. Yes. Very cool. So for our listeners today, as they've listened to your journey through careers, family struggles, infertility, our plans, basically the theme that runs through all of our lives is we set our course and then. God can change it. What would be the one advice if you could sum it up that you would want people to get or to encourage them with? Do you see, I took a big breath and sighed. I was like, yeah. a big question. It is a big question, but is there, you know, if, if somebody's listening to this, 
I mean, there's so many things I'm thinking through, but, and so many people that are like going through a mind right now that really needed to hear your encouragement and your hope of through grief, through loss, through career changes, through job loss, uncertainty of tomorrow. Um, if we could encourage them with something today, one nugget, like you said, I want to learn something when I take away here, here's your nugget for our listeners today. Here's your nugget to take away. Golly, you know, there's so many like one-liners and so many promises from the Bible that I could share. I, I honestly think the way you've worded it, I honestly want, like, I think to leave y'all with would be, um, oh my goodness, there's so many. I, I feel like for me, where God has me in my story right now is that he is enough. When football failed us, God was enough. When my body failed me, God was still enough. When my, when my miracle prayer wasn't answered, God was enough. Uh, when my marriage is, I wouldn't say on the rocks, but it feels like it is. When our, my marriage is dry and lack of communication and we're not speaking each other's love languages, God is still enough. Um, when I feel rejected in relationships and friends have, turned and walked away and my my story of origin like my my story is fear of rejection god is still enough this year has been one of the loneliest years i've ever walked through i'm surrounded by people i know love me my friends i know they love me and they'd be there i know that without a doubt i know that joe loves me without a doubt i know that our friends that we've had this hard season. I know they love us without a doubt, but I, it, but it's lonely. It has been the loneliest year I've ever experienced. Even with my dad dying, that was a different hopelessness. I don't have hopelessness right now. I'm, it has been lonely. And, um, because, because the people who I would run to weren't there for me, they weren't there. And so this is so sad, but it really opened my eyes. God was like, who are you running to? They're not there, but I am. And I'm never leaving you. Why do you always run to other people? Why do you call your mom? Why do you call your friend? Why do you run to Joe? Why do you feel like you have to share it with your kids? Like, I am here for you. Not mad at me. He doesn't come with judgment, but like, I'm here for you. So, so it has changed my mindset. It's not, it's lonely world standards, but God is like, but I have never left you. I am always here for you, always here for you. And so if you have to cry, if you have to, I don't swear, but if you have to swear, if you have to lie in the bathtub and just soak and become a raisin, I will never leave you. I am here for you. I am for your good. I have great plans for you. They're not going to harm you, which they feel so life can feel so harmful and hurtful at times for long times, but that's not, it's a refining. It's a pruning it's a shaping and molding I think to sum it up it would be that God is enough Mm -hmm. that he's enough and it hurts it's hurtful it's not that he's enough it's hurtful to get to the it's been hurtful for me to get to the place where I'm sad that God hasn't been enough because I can say it but I don't like my friend the other day with the infertility call for me to be driving down the street thinking, who do I call right now? I got, I could call my mom, but 
I, whatever I could call Joe, but whatever, who can I call right now? Well, it's been, it's been hard to get to the place to admit that he's not enough. I have to find someone. Uh, but anyways, it would be that he is enough and that he's enough. He sees the bigger picture when life hits and people pass and your plans get your own plans get thwarted and derailed and people reject you, whatever that looks like in your life, that God is still enough. He's still enough. He's big enough to handle it all. Yes. So, um, we, we have one more big question for you. (laughs) We ask all of our (laughs) listeners the same thing. So just in life, what do you want to be remembered by? Like what is, yeah, that's, that's a big one. Okay. So this one's not as bad as the last one, not bad, bad, but like, I know I want to be like, I want people to enjoy being around me because I make them feel loved. That's what I want to be remembered by. I want people to feel welcome. I, we may not agree. We may, we may not, we may not have the same faith. We may not have the same views on our faith. I just want people to feel grace and mercy I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus in people's lives. You know, I may not do the hard groundwork, but I want my, what I want people to remember me by is she made me feel safe when I was with her. And she always, I always left her feeling better about life, myself. I I mean, I just want to be, I just want, I just want to express God's love and grace and mercy and all of that. Rebecca, it's clear you do that. I mean, just with hearing your, your talking and you are someone who is, you include, you don't exclude. And that's very clear. So I think that that testimony is going to be spot on for you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and a lot of people, you ask that question and they're like, yes, I'm going to be remembered for this, this, and this. And you're like, that's so far away from the way you live your life. Right. You know? like, I, don't, I don't know how that's going to come about because that's not how you live. <laughs> God has definitely given you the gift of hospitality and you have always used that um, so graciously and you've always been so welcoming um, for all the years that I've known you and I have no doubt that that will be exactly how you are remembered. Thank you for being here today, Mm -hmm. for encouraging us and our listeners. You've given us a lot to think about and I know our listeners that, that wherever season they're in, that they will be encouraged by your story. Um, how God has shown up in the hardest of times. And I know that there will be at some point, they may not be relate to every bit of it, but they'll relate to some parts of it and all of it where God has um, said, I am enough. No matter what that blank is, no matter what we fill in in those hardest of times. So thank you for your time. Absolutely. And Rebecca, yeah, just really quick. Like if anyone wants to connect with you, I know you do um, do Tara. And, um, I know that that's a platform for you as well. Mm -hmm. So if anybody wants to connect with you, how can they do that? So I had to write down my address because I don't know anything technologically. I don't even know what name I'm under, under Facebook, because I don't know if I did Rebecca Demshar Zelenka or so anyways, (laughs) I just, you know what I mean? So I had looked at some of your, um, I've been watching some of your podcasts. Okay. So getting prepared. And so I saw some of these. I was like, Joe, what do I, what if I need to do a handle or whatever they're even called? Yeah. So on Facebook, I'm just Rebecca Zelenka. Yes. 
And then on, but Instagram, which I'm not very good at Instagram. I just do it because some of my friends say, oh, Facebook is for older people. <laughs> so I do it. I'm Rebecca Zelenka and it's an underscore mark, my essential zoo. So my, um, my doTERRA is my essential zoo. That's because that's the world I live. They, it, it is a zoo over here. And then, that. and then my, I don't, my doTERRA address is just mydoterra.com backslash my essential zoo. Perfect. I will definitely put a link to all of those in our notes. Okay. To you. So thank Thanks. you so much for coming on. Thank hey, you. thank okay. you. This has been a joy. I've been so looking forward to this morning. Thank you. I mean, listeners, remember as always, whatever your story is, own it, share it, and let God use it. Y'all have a blessed day. Bye guys.